Hello, Rise Guys! Hello, Rise Gals! It's time for Mad About Mad About You! It's me, Russ. Russ Fader. Your co-host, Russ Fader. And your host! <laughs> Can you imagine if I did that? <laughs> you big-timing me? That ain't uh, cool. Can you imagine? <laughs> and your host, John Marbley! <laughs> <laughs> hey, I didn't call you the co-host. You did. Ouch! I know that's what I am. To to I gave my to who? We're so we are both co-hosts. I think of us both as hosts. Yeah, we are. I'm a host, and you're a host, and we are co-hosts. I guess so. It's not like a pilot and co-pilot situation. <laughs> <laughs> So this is Mad About Mad About You. It is your weekly necessary podcast in which we review every episode of Mad About You. I've got that pretty down, right? That's what we're doing here? Word perfect. Hasn't changed. Though I, well, there was something about the semantics where it sounded like we review every episode of the series in each episode. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and so far, this will have been the 18th time we've done that. <laughs> This is a purgatory podcast, then? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, well, yeah, most podcasts are purgatory podcasts. Welcome to the Purgcast. <laughs> this week, John and I are going to push this rock up a hill for <laughs> a million hours. I mean, you're just describing the news, pal. <laughs> not yet. Not yet, I'm not. So, John, have you had a good week or so? Yeah, sure. Great, me too. Um, <laughs> hey, everyone, we're both tired. Even though it's only 620 in L.A., I'm exhausted. <laughs> yeah. I had a late night last night. I had a full day today. And uh, it's later than it normally is when we record over here on the East Coast. So, so strap, strap in. in. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. How about that? Simpatico, baby. Last time we were up late, we got loopy and it was long. Yes. Something tells me this one might be the opposite. <laughs> might be short. Yeah. Frankly, I'm upset we haven't hit the cold open yet. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so with this episode we're reviewing season one episode reviewing not uh, well yes reviewing but not criticize i mean you know what i mean <laughs> i do yeah we're discussing we're not it. ben bantley reviewing we're ben... no ben bantley <laughs> and vincent <No>. bambi <laughs> <laughs> and charles schwitt <laughs> oh my goodness I was going to say, normally I'm the one who says what episode we're Oh, talking sorry. About. Go ahead. Go ahead. And now we know why. Uh <laughs> Does anyone want to do the critic game for longer where you name a critic <laughs> and say the name wrong a little? <laughs> um, Jason Vinneman. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so we're talking about season one, episode 18 of Mad About You. It is called The Man Who Said Hello. Jesse Breen. <laughs> That's boy, not what oh I swear. Uh, yes, the man who said hello. This is going to be a long 35-minute podcast, John. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's called The Man Who Said Hello, and it was on, it premiered on February 27th, 1993, which, as everybody knows, is the day before my 11th birthday. Oh, uh, cool. Wow. I didn't so, know your birthday was the 28th. It is. You were mm -hmm. one day shy of being uh, Pirates of Penzance, baby. Well, No. Because 
Well, yeah, I was born on the 28th, yes. And on, in Pirates of Penzance, they have the leap year thing. The oh, but it wasn't a leap year. It wasn't a leap year. Yeah, ah. yeah. That's always a real bummer because everybody always gets very excited, just as you did. And then I get to go, ah, no, it's an off year. Yeah, but also, we're even we're, we're still getting excited over a hypothetical. That's true. It's like, oh, you were almost <laughs> a thing. And then your answer is like, no, I wasn't almost a thing. No, I wasn't. I just, look, man, we're all almost things. Right. All right. <laughs> Are so, we, how did TV guy? They botched it. Oh no! The whole office must have been out of out of town or something. Because <laughs> they were getting ready. To, they were so, they were like, "What are we going to get Russ for his birthday?" <laughs> I hate this description so much. <laughs> Everyone Why? strap in because it's so long. <laughs> Paul's father, Louis Zorick, gains fame after meeting Regis Philbin. So does Paul after he overreacts. Joy Philbin also appears. Oh, gosh. Stop it. it. Someone must have shown the episode to... Oh, I felt bad all of a sudden. I was about to say <laughs> their aunt or whatever. <laughs> you, you, you feel bad for ants everywhere? Yes, because all ants are just us. <laughs> That's Look, that is true. But you know what I mean. It sounds, yes, sounds, we'll like, be... it sounds like someone rambling on about what they watched. You know... Wow, it sounds exactly like us. You ready, John? Yeah, I'm going to blow your mind. Not only am I us, mm-hmm. I'm an uncle. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, so I really know. I can right. really relate yeah. to what you're saying right now. Yeah, so it sounds like yeah. someone called Ross and asked him what the what happened on the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's what this podcast is. But that is such a departure from what they normally put out. I couldn't get over it. It is. It's a departure. It's the first one with a semicolon. <laughs> two Philbin mentions? Yeah. And it's not like Joy Philbin is in it. Well, then we'd better mention that. Well, we couldn't I, let that, that go without. No, that might be the case. What? Well, you would only get Joy when Kathy Lee was out. Yes. So Joy's a rare catch on TV. And who doesn't <laughs> want to see Regis so... and Joy together on TV? So that is notable, I think. You do, huh? <laughs> yeah. You think that Joy Philbin being on television in prime time? Yeah, because they're always on in the a rare, morning. A rare opportunity. It is a rare opportunity. Did I miss something? Was she? Is she in like? No, it's not that. It's not a rare opportunity. I'm saying I think that there's no such thing as an opportunity to see Joy Philbin. I'm on television. sorry, Russ, that you're not as big of a Joy Philbin fan as the rest of the country, but <laughs> your loss. <laughs> My loss is right. I take more exception with this. So does Paul after he overreacts. Yeah, that's true, too. <laughs> Why doesn't it just say Paul's father, Louis Zorick, embarrasses Paul during an encounter with Regis Philbin? Man, you're good. Give me a job, TV guide. I've said it before. I want that. That's the end of this podcast for me. Hey, you know it's, it's... in my blood. <laughs> Speaking of which, what was the must-hear TV of the, of the week? Did I skip a segment again? No, no, no. That's it. Oh, I was great. just trying to... You were just like, ah, yeah, summing up TV guide things. It's in my blood. Speaking of which. What are you saying? Why do you keep saying blood? Didn't you say it's in my blood? To my blood? Oh, well. No. (laughs) Okay, great. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. Good. Take a time stamp. We're cutting this part out. I did say that. (laughs) (laughs) I did. It's in my blood. Because, you know, I have a great uncle who worked at TV guide. Is it really? 
Yeah, Did we covered really? this on the podcast like 10 weeks ago, 12 weeks ago. Well, then I look forward to another three months from now when you get to tell me again. <laughs> and I get to be shocked all over again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, uh, I believe he worked on the covers. This is what I'm told. Oh, okay. This is starting to come back. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Great. Less excited. <laughs> <laughs> almost. Almost. This is a real leap anyway. year situation. <laughs> so, must hear TV. This one's weird and fun. Okay. I'm going to make you do a little bit of legwork and post on this one because on CBS at nine o'clock, there was a TV movie called Mother of the Bride. Okay. Now, Mother of the Bride starred Rue McClanahan as Margaret Becker Hicks and also Christy McNichol from, do you know she's from at the time? No, the Joey Buttafuoco case. I don't know. (laughs) No, she was on Empty Nest. Okay, cool. So Chris McNichol was her daughter, Mary. And uh, Paul Dooley was also in this movie. Hey, Mr. Yeah. Uh, Stemple. Yes, yes. Now, Mother of the Bride is called Mother of the Bride because Christy McNichol is getting married and Rue McClanahan is her mother. However, uh-huh. this is interesting and of note because this is the third installment of a TV movie trilogy starring Rue McClanahan and Christy McNichol as these characters. The huh. first one was in 1990. It's called Children of the Bride. And that one was all about Rue McClanahan getting married. Except you're never going to believe it. She's getting married to a much younger guy. Okay. She's getting married to Patrick Duffy. Okay. Okay. Rue McClanahan marries Patrick Duffy. And Christy McNichol, her daughter, has big problems with it because he's so much younger. Sure, sure. Did I mention that this is a TV movie? Have you ever heard of a more cookie-cutter plot for an anything than this? No. (laughs) It's extremely boring. Well, then you're going to love 1991's Baby of the Bride. Don't tell me Ruben Clanahan has a baby. Sure does. Really? And who else has a baby at the same time? Oh, no. It is Father of the Bride 2 all over again. No, but before it, I think. I think you're right. (gasps) Father of the Bride 2 ripped this TV movie off? I mean, maybe. I think. Definitely. (laughs) Unquestionably. It's certainly possible. I tried to watch any of these movies, John. I'm sure you did. One of the three is available in segments on youtube like somebody split up the tape into 10 parts yeah I get but it's it. not in it. one it's, yeah it's not in one yeah thing. We, <laughs> we understand but yeah you you understand what the idea of a segment is yeah we'll so, post the sing- singular link up on the uh <laughs> <laughs> the trailers for the other two movies are available and it is the most stereotypical trailer for a tv movie you've ever heard it's just unbelievable there's sound like uh, Paul Dooley pops a champagne cork uh-huh. in it, like for whatever reason. But it's just like, oh, we got to get the champagne going. And just it's crazy. It's crazy in how boring it is. It's just, <laughs> uh, nothing no, I'm happens. getting a sense of it. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> nothing happens in any of these three movies. Terrific. Uh, <laughs> Baby of the Bride was a drama. Well, they're all called dramas. What? Yeah, they're all described as dramas. And uh, Baby of the Bride is directed by Bill Bixby. You know who he is? I've heard of his name. He played David Banner on The Incredible Hulk. Okay. When he wasn't hulking out. Right, right, right. Yeah, so he directed it, and the music was done by Yanni. Wow. Yeah. What a collaboration. Yeah, 
And the one um, of the only times Bill Bixby, Yanni, Rue McClanahan, Paul Dooley, and the other person worked together. Yeah. Yeah. Christy McNichol. McNichol or whatever. Yeah. Patrick Duffy, like, it's also great because Patrick Duffy is in the first one. And then they recast it for the second one. And I think yeah, they recast right. it again for the third. So, yeah, like so the John Wesley's changing. ship is in it and stuff. Yeah. It's like the vacation movies where the kids keep changing. Oh, the I guy didn't keeps changing. Yeah. Oh, the see. husband changes. Oh, the vacation movies are great. I know. I don't care. Yeah, you don't care. I don't <laughs> care. I, I love it when that happens. <laughs> when people hit that point where it's just like, when you had said, Russ, you got to see The Wire, if I had just gone, yeah, no, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I would have been like, fine. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I'm 33. I've seen a lot of good things. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> what if I miss one? Oh, no. Uh-oh. What happens now? It's very... Uh, boring. It's very. Oh, it's boring. But also, like I said, there are three of these made. And I was confused. I mean, Rue McClanahan's an executive producer on these. So that's got something to do with it, I am sure. Pet project. But, I mean... This is on CBS. This isn't even on NBC. You know, Golden no, Girls is an I don't NBC know what you show. Mean. Oh, I see. It's not even like she's got some sort of pull over at CBS. I mean, her pull was she's Rue McClanahan. <laughs> I guess that's true. She's a star, TV star. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, woof on toast. I don't want to watch any of these. Oh, they're unavailable to stream because all three of them are available on DVD. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I was like, let me see. Let me see if this is uh, on Netflix and I'll watch it there. And it came up on Netflix DVD. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And I was like, Russ, you can't send away because I have Netflix DVD. But I was like, you can't have this delivered to your home in an envelope. That is a bridge too far. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. I mean, for you, it's not. For people, for me. yeah, <laughs> way too far. But as if you're drawing some meaningful line there. Yeah, <laughs> as if the if all three were available on YouTube, you would have watched all three. But oh, I would have. Yeah. Oh my, yeah. no, no, I couldn't have it delivered to my house. God forbid. Yeah, yeah, I'd have stayed up all night watching the of the bride trilogy. Yeah, but uh... <laughs> oh gosh, so yeah, that's what you have to hear on television. By the way, you don't have to hear this on television. <laughs> you can skip that one. What was going on in the news? Well, I got to tell you, what a weird week, because uh, nothing, nothing not I want to talk about. <laughs> Absolutely Great. nothing. Let's see. We could talk about the Friday before this episode aired when the World Trade Center bomb went off. Hey, I don't want to talk about that. Me neither. Great. That happened the day before this episode aired. The first awesome. attack on the World Trade Center. A little Rorschach, if you will. Oh, women and son found slain in Slatten Island. Six slain in Bronx. So back to ODs on booze and drugs. Judge bans gay marchers from the St. Patty's Day parade. Oh, they just keep going and going. <laughs> not a potato to be found, huh? So then I was like, oh, let me look for some Regis articles. No, he's not in the news that much. What was I... <laughs> you'd expect? What about Joy? What's what's going on with Joy oh, in the news? Oh, very funny. Ah, uh, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> There's a fun article, I thought. It said, in Japan, Dinkins lessons in contrast. Mayor Dinkins went to Japan. And it made for one of the most boring news stories I've ever read. <laughs> I think it's funny that we're like, uh, it's very screwed up. That part of me is like, oh, you, you mentioned people were slayed, huh? Or slain, rather. You, you said there were people slain. Well, that's not very interesting. Was any of it done by a mobster? Oh, that's true. You're right. Well... Was it, oh, we only was talked it, about or, was it was it organized? Was it <laughs> right? Well, 
we podcast that kind of news in the way that Dexter kills bad guys. <laughs> like, like if it, if bad people were killed doing bad things, then it's okay. That's true to talk about. <laughs> no, these are mostly families and random people minding their own business who got killed in New York all week. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it again. <laughs> uh, but Dickens went to Japan, and there the kids wear uniforms in school. And then the public schools in New York, they don't. So that's something that took 12 paragraphs. <laughs> that's something that should be written about in a newspaper. Yeah. I mean, you know, Regis, I watched. Uh, uh, this is how desperate I was. I found the exercise tape Regis made in 1993. An exercise tape? Uh-huh. And there's a well, really weird segment. There were so wait, many. There's a weird segment in the Regis <laughs> Philbin exercise tape? Yeah, he walks in on I Kathy Lee it. on the treadmill. And she does a weird joke about, oh, you, he found me. Oh, my God. Those <laughs> he talks two just, about they, walking. Those, those two were just always on, you he know? He talks about walking <laughs> like it's uh, like he just discovered it. <laughs> like, like he's really been enjoying it lately, like uh, walking. <laughs> you know what I do now? I walk. No, it is true. Exactly. <laughs> and then I found a clip of uh, Regis from April of 93, uh, Regis and Kathy Lee. With a guy named Todd Wilbur who's plugging a book. I guess he's a chef and he was plugging a book where he made fast food recipes at home. Okay. You know, like he came up with his own way to make like KFC coleslaw. Yeah. I watched them do a blind taste test where she made, she would feed Regis either like the real candies or the homemade candies. No. I'm and it's okay just a lot of silent footage of like her putting things in his mouth and him chewing <laughs> and then guessing. <laughs> And literally, who cares if he's right or wrong? <laughs> oh, man. So I don't know what was going on this week. Because also, like, the crazy bad thing happened Friday. So there was a whole week of just nothing. It was a weird week. Man. TV well, was. Well, that's too bad. Yeah. Oh, and that's all the news that's fit to print? Yeah. I mean, thank God there was mad about <laughs> you that week. You know what? Not only does the fact that Joy Philbin was on the show deserve to be in tv guide it does it deserves to be it is in news yeah the new york <laughs> times that's all that's yeah. going on well again though there are there many horrible things going it. on <laughs> it's the only thing we want to talk about on the podcast there are many newsworthy items from the week not sure don't get me wrong fair enough a million <laughs> in fact it's a very news heavy week <laughs> oh no just not for the podcast sure i mean you know how bad it's got to be that i don't even want to bring it up yeah. Go explore those archives, people. Knock yourself out. It'll be fun. <laughs> February 21st to 27th, 1993. <laughs> Go to minimal, town. Minimal happiness. Go nuts. Huh. So, episode-wise, how'd you like this one? <laughs> Let's review it. Let's get into the review. You know, I didn't... I remember this episode a little. I didn't like yeah. it as much as I remembered liking it. Yeah. But it's cozy. Yeah. It's fine. It's a nice middler. Yeah, it's not a bad one. Yeah. <laughs> it's strange. I like... It's a good one. It's a good one. We we get to love Burt Buckman. Oh, well, of course. But you and I both already loved him. Yes. Well, I mean, look, we love him as the series goes on. In this episode, I'm just kind of like, all right. Oh, I like him. I, I can't separate it like that. I love him from the... Se Are you kidding Let's just talk about the show now, because now we're just, you know. Yeah, let's not. Let's not. Uh, I was about to say his first moment in the show is so good, but we'll get to it. That's true. OK, so cold open. I'll take the whole hour to prove you wrong. <laughs> uh, this episode was uh, directed by Linda Day. 
Mm. I don't know where BK is. It's another day night. It is. Uh, written by Jeffrey Lane, who wrote Sunday Times and Writing Backwards, two of our favorites. Sure, absolutely. So the cold open, we're in the living room. Jamie's working on her laptop, as she does at the kitchen table. <laughs> Paul's on the phone with his mother, <laughs> Sylvia. Mm-hmm. We can just feel them starting to like push these parents on us a little more. Yeah, it's a neat, uh, a neat little thing where we get to know. We, I mean, look, we've now had several phone calls with between where we see Paul talking to his mom. Yeah, and she talked to the billionaire last week. Yeah, when yeah. we got her name. I like how they're easing us into the family. Yes, yes. So he's on the phone with his mom. Apparently, uh, she's going out of town, and she's worried about Paul's dad being lonely while she's gone. Mm-hmm. So Paul runs her through the agenda of plans that they've made for his dad. He's my father. I know what the man likes. Where's the list? All right, here we go. You ready? Monday, we're taking him out to dinner. And Tuesday, we're going to go out for lunch. And Thursday, we're taking him to that new musical, Moby. Yeah. No, they say it's better than the book. We got Monday dinner, Tuesday lunch. Thursday, they're going to see Moby. Moby! Exclamation point. The Moby Dick musical. <laughs> so his mom's like, uh, I mean, you don't hear her, but he explains that Wednesday's being taken for him and Jamie. Right. He skipped Wednesday. His mom obviously yes. going out on the phone. So now it's like his mom thinks they're having trouble, which leads What's to the all... matter. You guys are having trouble. Yeah. yeah. Which leads to a whole. I'm sure you guys recall the episode where uh, Paul had a long conversation with his mom and Russ and I tried to recap her side of the dialogue that time. Too. <laughs> <laughs> so this leads to a whole other like nightmare little mini argument between Jamie and Paul regarding Sylvia. We're fine. I swear. Yeah. Would you please tell her? We're not having trouble. You see that? <laughs> Why would she lie? No, 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 she doesn't do that anymore. Do what? She does not. Do what? Nothing. What do I do? Never mind. I want to know. Forget I it. I want to know what I do. You're doing it. You see what you started here? What do I do? That's You're doing fun. it. It's very fun. Yeah. You're doing it. She obsesses. She does. She obsesses and on and that reminds me of just times when it's been when you're on the phone. And somebody is trying to ask you questions and you are on the phone and they're both important. They're asking questions about the phone call. And I'm just like, I'm, I can't, my head's going to blow up. I, you've been on the phone before. You know how this works. <laughs> right. Yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you've heard things. No, I need to know now. <laughs> uh, so then we get into scene one. Scene one. We are at Broadway. Finally, we're at the Royale Theater, which doesn't mm-hmm. exist. Right. We're at the musical Moby exclamation point, which does Cats doesn't have an exclamation point, right? No, it does not. Is there a famous show I'm not thinking of that Annie? None. What's a one no, word? No, a lot of them do. I know uh, Fiorello has an exclamation point. Oh yeah. Point. Every, well, maybe that's what because like every time a sitcom does a musical, I feel like it's one word with an exclamation yes. point, like Freud. Yes. Yes. And it I'm is, like, uh, they all must be making fun of something. The only one that comes to mind is Fiorello. I mean, I don't know others, if Fiorello well. is that deeply in the zeitgeist no i'm sure which is why i think that i'm pretty sure that there are others but also just the concept of you know if you're going to make a you know the idea of taking something very serious and turning it into a broadway musical is an old trope and nothing says nothing delivers that comedy more than taking a one or two word you know serious thing and putting an exclamation point at the end of it that's how you know it's a musical I guess, but I feel like that must be based on something specific from the real world. Okay. It's an archetypal uh, title structure. It's true. (laughs) That I think speaks to a deeper... (laughs) (laughs) 
I tried. A deeper symbolic meaning in our in our lives and our souls. Didn't you read Carl Jung's Man and His Marquise? Man, no, but I saw the musical. Man and His Marquise! Exclamation point. No, it's just Marquis. Marquis. Do you think they tried to get the title to be Dick? Um, with an exclamation point. That would be silly, but I don't think so. I bet they joked about it all week. <laughs> this is something I harped on for some reason. Try to follow the timeline with us, guys. This must be Thursday night because that's the plan we got from Paul. Moby was Thursday night, right? Right. Oh, also, I'd like to point out, Moby has a long history of attempts to mount theatrical productions. Moby Dick, I mean. Starting with a little play Orson Welles wrote that was on mm-hmm. Broadway from November 28th to December 8th. Yeah, 13 not unlucky well received. performances. Yeah. Oof. What's the full title of that one? Moby Dick. Oh, but so this is where it gets complicated. According to the IBDB, it was Moby Dick. But when you search about it, it might have also been called and or there was a they renamed it or something. You're talking about the Moby Dick rehearsal one, right? Yes. Yeah, what's I that one called? Was, I believe it's Moby Dick Reconstructed or Deconstructed. Ah, right. And that is the same play, correct? It is. It's presentational. So the actors take the stage and it's almost like, uh, yeah, the actors take the stage and they'll say, you know, tonight we are going to be performing Moby Dick and we are going to be doing it because of X, Y and Z. And I will be performing the role of Captain Ahab and we will be creating the boat before you. And we, and, and then they do everything they just said they were going to do. I can't recall. Oh, Moby Dick rehearsed. Rehearsed. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It says by it. Orson it's very Wells good. in the New York yeah, Times. Yeah, he, he wrote it. Yeah, he wrote it. Is that different than the Moby Dick he wrote that went on Broadway? I don't know for sure. Because why doesn't IBDB wrote... say Moby Dick rehearsed? I don't know. Great question. IBDB is a hilarious sounding thing. I be... <laughs> Especially when... I... Yeah, because I'm very serious about it. Why didn't IBDB get it? <laughs> yeah, and you also sound a little bit tired. He's like, you IBDB. sound kind of drunk. Yeah, it, why didn't you? You should be on IBDB. <laughs> well, I found an article in the Times about a musical that mounted in 1986 at the York Theater on the Upper East Side. Mm-hmm. Also, I don't know. Uh, listen, I half looked into this because uh, part of me really doesn't care. But, <laughs> <laughs> but there's also footage of Act One of the, Moby Dick the Musical in the West End. From okay, the early 90s. Sure. I'm assuming it's the same musical production. Maybe there's two of them. I don't know. Ty <laughs> Daly was in one. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? People have tried. They've done moderately okay. And long <laughs> forgotten, okay? <laughs> As was Moby. Oh, he, despite man. the fact that on the marquee, we see that the New York Times called it a whale of a show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, WNBC, and the other review, yeah, from WNBC said, Call me delighted, which is very funny. Also feels to be like it's meant to be a pun for a show that's more about phones. Oh, God. <laughs> or just has call on the name. You know what I mean? Yes. Like Gentleman Caller, the musical. <laughs> call me delighted. Sure. Call me delighted. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you've got the most famous opening line in literature history, you hope that people will take that leap with you. <laughs> Do you know Dick? what I'm saying? Call me Ishmael. Call me oh, delighted. Oh, I'm such an idiot. Uh, oh, of course I forgot. It's okay. No, no. It's so obvious. Okay. I guess it isn't. So. 
<laughs> That's the meanest thing I've ever said to you. <laughs> no, it's good. Russ is getting a bit of an edge. So we go into the theater. Uh, Paul and Jamie are there alone at the moment. They're, they got box seats, as people on yeah. sitcoms always tend to. <laughs> right. That's true. They do, don't they? <laughs> Must be easier to shoot. You don't have to get extras. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Listen, always think like a producer. <laughs> uh, the first joke of the scene is great. Oh, look at this. The guy playing Queequeg did Tevye at Caesar's Palace. <laughs> yep. I spent too long trying to find a connection between Queequeg and Tevye. <laughs> or a contrast. Wait, what did you find? No, don't tell me there's some obvious joke there, too. No, there isn't. Oh, I'm, great. I'm, I'm... <laughs> I thought, oh, wouldn't it be funny if there was some paragraph that described Queequeg in a way where imagining him playing Tevye would be very funny? And then after about 20 minutes, I realized, oh, I think it's just funny to say Queequeg and Tevye. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. Oh, my oh, goodness. Do I look too far sometimes? Sure. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, so, we, yeah, we find out Paul's dad, Bert, yep. invited Ira and Ira's girlfriend, who hums a lot. She hums a lot. Jamie refers to Ira. They do this a lot. They say, I can't believe you invited your cousin Ira. And that happens a lot on television shows in general. You can just call him Ira. We know he's Paul's cousin. Oh, sure. It is an expository <laughs> title. Yeah. Fair. I, and I would love for Paul Buckman to say that. <laughs> just, I can't believe you invited your cousin Ira. Hey, why were you calling my cousin Ira? Yeah. Well, you could just say Ira. That'd be a little winky. It would be a lot winky. Yeah. You're, ooh, that grimace you're giving me. Yeah, right I don't now. like that pitch. <laughs> Don't do it, Paul. Don't do it. Don't do it. (laughs) Don't listen to him. Did you catch a little um, musical Easter egg here? I had a feeling. Well, so Ira comes back in. He's complaining. Because we've only known Ira from the wedding, right? Right. The painting gets more rich. Yes. The outlines get filled in (laughs) in this episode. (laughs) He's complaining. He immediately comes in complaining about the price of Goobers on Broadway and carrying three hot dogs he got from across the street at intermission. Right. And then immediately his girlfriend starts humming. Humming, yep. She's tuning up. So that's an Easter egg, right? Well, no, that's not what I was talking about. It's not? No. Okay, well, that tune is something, I swear, at the end. It probably is. It rang such a bell, but I couldn't place it. But also, it's nonsense, I think, up until the, I don't know. What was your Easter egg? I think it might be. My Easter egg was the tones that they play to indicate they're coming back from intermission. I don't think that's an Easter egg. I think that's... Well, it's not... Aren't those common tones? Yeah, do you know why those are common tones? No, I mean in the world, too. Well, no. Well, they're common tones in the world because they're the NBC jingle. I don't think they're common tones in the world. No, I'm saying like I think those are tones. Don't they? What tones yes. do they use at the theater? Just whatever. They'll they'll <laughs> play other things. But yeah, but it's never John, like when Bobby. when you have Bobby, you know. No, but no, but John, I'm going to go ahead and say <laughs> that when an NBC <laughs> comedy sets something in a theater and they pin pick three tones <laughs> to bring you back from intermission. Yeah. And they play doom, doom, doom. This is more thin than my seed it's theory. It's not an accident. <laughs> this is I, more thin than my seed theory. You are nuts. John. <laughs> they got you. <laughs> they, big, big nuts got me. Oh, God. No, you're right. I did not catch that. It was, it was, um, it was subliminal. Yes. 
Oh. And here I am carrying their water. <laughs> uh, oh, so man. the girlfriend is played by Maria Patillo. Did you recognize mm-hmm. her? I did. What did you recognize her from? It took me a little while, and it took me and Jen a little bit of looking things up. I recognized her from Bye Bye Love. Oh, wow. Very good memory. I can't remember who she was oh, me neither. in Bye Bye Love, but I knew that I knew her face. And then when Jen looked through stuff, she listed maybe two or three other things. And then she said, oh, she was in Bye Bye Love. And I was like, that's absolutely where I know. Right. Is that show, that film is running in perpetuity at your home, right? 24-7? <laughs> Just in my head, kind of always. Yeah, like JFK's <laughs> Eternal Flame. <laughs> that's not a great movie that I very much enjoyed. It's not a bad one, though, I'll tell you that. And no, I've enjoyed it a lot, it's, too. It's a pleasant middle of the road. If it was a uh, TV movie, you know it would be really good. Yeah. <laughs> like Outstanding. Yes. That's a good point. It would be a very good. It's a very good TV movie. Yeah. Oh, I don't recognize her. I, I, it's just, oh, you don't recognize her. You always recognize these people, so I thought you might recognize her. No, I didn't look right. her up. She was a lead in Godzilla with Matthew Broderick. Yes. I found a blog post from some hater from 1998. Oh no! Who was just like, "This is where this actress ruined her career," and I was like, For... "Man, take That's it easy." Rough. Yeah, yeah. Well, Godzilla, I have not seen it. I am aware oh, that either. it's terrible. I don't care. But also, I wasn't 100 I wasn't 100% sure as to whether or not you were just talking about Godzilla is what ruined her career or this episode of Mad About You ruined her career. Oh no, Godzilla, Godzilla. <laughs> According to this I person. That. Yeah, this guy just but she this person never made blames it back. Godzilla on her. Oh, that's too harsh. Isn't that insane? Yes. She was also a natural born killers. Okay. So another connect, another Oliver Stone connection. If we <laughs> for all those keeping track for all this, keep me track. Oh, man. Make that two guest stars out of 18 episodes so far that have worked with Oliver Stone. We anticipate a third. Don't know when. For a second, I thought you meant there was another Oliver Stone connection with her. Nope. And then I was like, did Oliver Stone direct Bye Bye Love? That- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did you forget the sequence where they go to Vietnam? <laughs> she was also in True Romance and Chaplin. She was in a lot of cool movies. Isn't True Romance also? No. Tony Scott. Uh, Tony Scott. Tony Scott. Okay. Cool. She's fun in this episode. Yeah. I mean, this is her scene. This is her little scene. And she's great. Anyway, where was I? Oh, it doesn't matter. She did it. Wow. (laughs) Isn't that interesting? When I get a little tired, I don't care about any of the weird details anymore. Anything. (laughs) Yeah. John, we're doing a podcast about a sitcom that hasn't been on for uh, (laughs) more than... Oh, for almost 20 years, none of this matters. I guess so you're, you're right. Start saying, you're going to start saying, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Oh, so she's humming. Jamie's getting annoyed. Mm-hmm. She jerks her neck, I guess, right. to tell the girlfriend to shut up, maybe? I don't know what she was about to do. It is unclear. I think they wanted to show off the earrings, and they couldn't quite figure out an elegant way I guess to so. do it. It felt so motivated in the moment. Where... It didn't to me. Okay. But yeah, she just, she, I think she just kind of, yeah, she just turned her head for something. Yeah, she's wearing these and... huge, heavy, hideous hoop earrings that uh, yes. apparently Paul's dad gave her as a gift. And Paul's starting to get irritated because, you know, intermission's about to be over. Where's his dad? Mm-hmm. We find out that his mom's at a fat farm. Yes. Basically. <laughs> Which they say a spa. Yeah, right. Or Paul says a spa after Jamie says a fat farm. So Paul's freaking out about where his dad is. This He's going to make me crazy. You're making yourself crazy. Here's Jimmy. <laughs> hey, Uncle Bert, I got you a hot dog. I told you no. 
Sweetheart, you have a beautiful voice. Hey, hey, hey. She's with me. Oh. <laughs> I was getting worried about you. You want me to guess who I saw? Oh. Regis Philbin. Where? Downstairs. Come on, let's go down. I'll introduce us. Come on, the second act's about to start. We have time. Come on, you know what? Probably wasn't even him. What? I don't know Regis Philbin? Yes, of course. Hey, you, listen, you are the foremost Regis Philbin spotter on the planet. What are you getting so upset about? He's not upset. I'm not upset. <gasps> There he is. Okay, come on. Don't point to the guy. Fourth row. Dad, come on. Hey, that's him. All right. Uh, didn't I tell you? Honey, it actually is him. I'm very excited. Hey. Okay, Dad, come hey. on. Dad, Dad. Up here. Hey. Dad. Hello, Ross. That is one mm-hmm. of the best. That entrance, it is 52 seconds of Louis Zurich destroying. <laughs> It starts with a here's Johnny and ends with a hello, Regis. One day, I want you to put together, and we'll do an episode, and we'll do a mini-up, of the John Marbley Hall of Fame. And I want to know the 10, like, your 10 biggest heroes. And I want to hear you talk about them. And I think that's all I want to say about it. Well, I do think we should have a Louis Zorick segment going forward anytime he's on the show. (laughs) Where we just drop a little tidbit. Oh, do you have a tidbit? Little tidbits. Uh, things that maybe everyone knows. I don't know. Okay. Right now? Well, okay. So, Louis John, Zorick... you brought it up! <laughs> <laughs> I didn't bring it up. The show did. I'm not putting you on the spot here. <laughs> you said we should have a segment where we talk about things he did, and then you're like, you got your pants down. I'm in the future. <laughs> I'm in the future. So, Burt Buckman, Paul's dad, is played by an actor named Louis Zorick, who I only knew from this show until I moved to New York. You remember that Vanya I was talking about? This should be the other thing we do now every episode. Yes. Find a connection back to CSC. <laughs> that Vanya, sure. he was in that Vanya. Oh, really? And I, I didn't know this at the time or until that moment. He's a huge uh, Chekhov actor. Really? And I have a I book that. from the Williamstown Theater Festival uh-huh. where different actors that worked there when they were young yeah. are interviewed about working on Chekhov with the old artistic director, whose name I forget, but it's a very long Greek name, and he was... Uh, America's foremost director of Chekhov. Sure. And uh, Austin Pendleton directed under him and then became now the you know most uh, the expert. Right. Well, I got clips from those interviews to read. <laughs> Not right now, but I'm in the future. Also, did you know he's married to Olympia Dukakis? I did know that, yes. Yeah, so that's a little tidbit. Okay, so, you know, I'm saying there's a lot there. I love it. There is a lot there. They had their own theater the, company, I believe. There's her we'll, her whole memoir. We'll call the segment The Deep Well of Zurich. Is that an allusion to something? No, he's a deep well. Okay. There's a lot of, there's a lot of tidbits. <laughs> there's a lot of tidbits. What if we call it a bit of Zurich? I don't know, man. If there are tidbits about a guy and you can go with either a bit of or a deep well of what you're going to do. A bit yeah, of. I like yours better. <laughs> <laughs> but also, Russ, this is a great entrance. You're not in love with him immediately? I like him. The way like he refuses fine. the hot dog. So everyone hears when he refuses the hot dog, but you can't see the second he refuses and he bites into one of them. Yes, that is true. <laughs> and eats it. Then he leads over to the Hummer. It's just like you got a great voice. Yeah. <laughs> I oh, mean, gosh. it's amazing. That is fun. It's a great little triptych. Yes, I enjoyed it just fine. I did. And I liked I liked him yelling at uh, him yelling at Regis was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was very convincing, especially because they were probably just, you know, the floor was probably right below them. Sure. Do you think that this is completely fabricated or that some writer's father really did this? Because I think I could see either. Yeah, me too. Because it's so weird. It's like, how do you even think of this? Yes, it's very specific. We'll have to talk to 
Jeffrey Lane. We'll make it happen. Yeah, hopefully. We, we got a lot of fingers and a lot of pies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that closes that scene. <laughs> we mm-hmm. go to the next scene. It's the, the living room the next day, right? Friday morning. Murray's watching TV alone. Right. Yes. Um, very. He looks very human. <laughs> he looks. He does look very human. Yeah. <laughs> Paul's following Jamie around, going on, and he had this dream, which this anno- was a little annoying, right? I thought that was a, a funny enough little segment. I did too. Just, uh, I had this dream. <laughs> you did too. Yeah, I did. I was yeah. I, I was mixed. I was mixed. Yeah, I had a dream that my father did this horrible, embarrassing. Oh, he, that wasn't was a dream, real. honey. Oh, that was real. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Jamie, he follows Jamie to the front door where she gets her paper. Right. Every then she episode. Says she's going- yeah, then she says she's going to make breakfast. He said, oh, what's your breakfast? She said, coffee. Yeah, right. That's it. And milk. <laughs> <laughs> so he falls her into there, to the kitchen. She's doing that. And we find out that, you know, we maybe it was clear to some why Paul was upset by Bert's behavior. But we hear Paul explain it. Well, you were there. You saw what he did. What did he do? He, you know, he embarrassed me. Well, you embarrass me sometimes. When? What, when, when did I embarrass you? Pick a day. <laughs> Last Tuesday. We went to El Greco. You tried to order in Spanish. <laughs> so, you, hey, you know, they happen to appreciate that. They don't. I don't. What do you mean they don't? They said something to you? We exchanged a look. <laughs> well, lo siento, I really am. He was embarrassed. Yeah. I can understand it to a point. I mean, that's look, what you Paul, say when you're 14, though. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. He's being an, uh, yeah, he's being a child. They shouldn't. <laughs> when you think about how long this actually goes for. You're right. 22 minutes is too long. The amount of time that. Yeah. Real time. This in is this like episode, he should be over it in 22 actual minutes. Oh, sure. Right. Let alone the week that he is fed up with it. Yeah. No, you're right. <laughs> Grow up, Paul. Grow up, Paul. He ordered in Spanish at El Greco. Yes. Well, lo siento, I really am, (laughs) says Paul. Jamie does this a lot in this scene, and Paul mentions it, and it happens again later also. People are not good at, they're not good listeners on this show. At least right now, they're not. Not right now. They often are. They often are. They are not turning very sympathetic ears. Yes. Well, I think a lot of the comedy in this show derives from not being a great listener. Yes, I think that's probably or not true. in this show in general. Yeah, that's conflict. Not listening but, uh, is always funnier than listening. <laughs> yeah, that's a good... <laughs> I like <Always>. that character. <laughs> that's a good character for you. No, the character yeah. from the Sunshine Boys. Is that from the Sunshine Boys? No, but in spirit. <laughs> then, yeah, I like the spiritual successor to the Sunshine Boys that you just played. But yeah, so Jamie does that a lot. Like, Paul keeps mentioning... How his dad made him feel like a negative way his dad made him feel. And Jamie's like, well, you do that to me sometimes. Well, you do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how do you think I feel? You do that. Yeah. It's just like, hey, hey, Jamie. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's true, though. I mean, it's a very (laughs) amicable little argument. Yes. As most of them are. Yeah. On the show, which is fine and fun. But yeah, I mean, look, the last thing I want to do is watch this episode of television. So if she were to just say one of these times, you know what, honey, I'm really sorry. That sounds really difficult and frustrating. I can understand it. Then that means that he would get over it and this episode wouldn't happen and I wouldn't have to watch it. And wouldn't that be great? Oh, snooze. No, I'd kill myself. (laughs) So Paul starts making toast as events and Jamie Mm -hmm. brings over butter, 
jam, and a Chinese takeout box. Oh, she's eating rice. Rice for breakfast. Rice for breakfast. rice. Yeah. So Paul's venting about how many people saw this happen. Yeah. Isn't there a law against that? Nobody noticed. <laughs> Nobody cares. Nobody cared. How about 1,800 heads snapping around in unison like that? It wasn't that crowded. Really? 1,843 people, six usherettes. 1,849 total. What did you do? Call the box office? Hmm? <laughs> he called the box office. Yep. 1,843 people, six usherettes. <laughs> what year is it, Paul? Come on. Usherettes. Oh. We have the gender ushers. I'll tell you what year it is. 1993. <laughs> of course. Jamie sticks up for Bert a bit. I love your father. Hey, listen. Everybody loves my father. He's a lovable guy. I love my father. It's just he makes me crazy. Well, you make me crazy sometimes. You know, I'm getting to notice a little pattern here with you. You're getting dressed. Yes. Yeah, Paul makes her crazy sometimes. Yeah, that's very sweet. Mm-hmm. Her saying, I love you both. That's very sweet. And he tells her so, and that's nice. Yeah. So they head back to the living room. You know what? Forget what I said, because she smooths things over there. Yeah. And he even even there, he he could let things go. And he says, I'll let things go. I'll just let it go. I'll drop it. And then he picks it back up again. Well, yeah. So even where even where I was saying like, oh, God, if she just apologized or said the right thing, then we could move on. Oh, we yeah. Can't move on right. Because he can't let anything go. <laughs> right. Neither can she, depending on the thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're meant for each other. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So they walk back in the living room. You know, this is one of those roaming scenes. Yes. And Regis and Joy are on TV. It's live with Regis and Kathy Lee and Joy's filling in. Right. As promised. <laughs> as promised. As advertised. Everyone took a breath and they were like, ah, finally, here she <laughs> uh, is. Frankly, I don't know why the crowd didn't. Applaud. Why there was an, an eruption of applause <laughs> and just people just screaming, Joy, 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 Joy. <laughs> So Regis is talking about Moby because mm-hmm. he saw it the night before. And uh, Jamie makes fun of Paul. I tell you, Moby is a spectacular show. It's everything they said it was. I love musical theater. Hi, it's Regis Philbin. Hello, Regis! Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> and that first act curtain, I mean, I really believe there was a live whale hanging over the orchestra pit. Oh, come on. You could see the wires. And the second act <laughs> was pretty eventful, too. Well, you certainly got a nice mention. Nobody move. We're sitting there. We're minding our own business. It's intermission. Everybody's buzzing around the whale. And suddenly I hear somebody yell out, up here, up here. We look up. Everybody looks up. And there's a guy who yells out in front of God and everybody, hello, Regis. I love when she does that. (laughs) So Paul's already embarrassed that Regis is talking about this. Yes. At all. Yes. And then just as they're about to move on, <laughs> we hear... Bert calls the show. Bert calls the show. Hello. So I should have lost the crime. <laughs> Were you the guy on the balcony? It was a box. Uh, hang up, Regis. What's your name, sir? Bert Buckman. Okay, Regis, that's enough to hang up. You know, I, I remember when this was a friendly city. Now everybody's too embarrassed to say hello. You, you may have a point. He's not going to hang up. <laughs> sure, I have a point. It's like I was telling my son Paul. Oh my God! <laughs> He's a filmmaker. Listen, are you happy with your director? Oh my God! Honey, I'm sure nobody's watching. <laughs> hello? Shut up, Ira. It's not funny. I got somebody else. I'll call you back. Hello? Hi, friend. Uh, no, I don't think it's cute. It's... Oh, I got somebody else calling. Hello. Hi, Lisa. Huh? 
Because, because we only had five tickets. Everyone's too embarrassed to say hello. <laughs> All these sitcom dads from New York claim it used to be a friendly city. I don't think I buy it, but that's great. Mr. Costanza, too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's hard to buy. I don't buy it either. I just can't imagine it. Me neither. I mean, a little maybe. Maybe more courteous. You know um, what? I believe it. <laughs> I totally... No, I believe it, actually. This, this is a good scene. Well, what do we know? <laughs> this really swung you. You weren't there. Mr. Costanza and Mr. Buckman were. <laughs> you know what? I believe it now, too. Because, you know, this, they're talking the 60s. I miss the old days, John, when this was a nice city. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, when you were a kid, it was a living hell. Yes, it was. <laughs> I was also just so satisfying to hear Regis say Gelman. Yes, that was fun. I forgot how long it's been since I've heard that. The good old days. Gelman! <laughs> yeah, and so Bert says, it's like I tell my son Paul. Oh, and then he tries to get Paul a job on the show. Yep. Yeah. Jamie says, I'm sure nobody's watching, and immediately the phone rings. Oh, yeah. Right, right, right. Oh, and it's and great. Get- it's all three calls, yeah. Yes, we get a quick little triptych of phone calls where Ira calls and, yeah, Paul says, shut up, Ira, and clicks over and Fran is calling and Paul tells Fran, yes, I guess it's cute, sure. And then Lisa calls and Lisa wants to know why she wasn't invited to the theater. (laughs) Because they could only get five seats, (laughs) says Paul. (laughs) I should have told you that was all on the clip. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't want to cut you off. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm so mad at you. <laughs> uh, all those things are true, though. So we go to the next oh, scene. Right. It's This is where the timeline starts to fall apart. It seems like Friday night, but who knows? Mm-hmm. And we'll get to why. But uh, Jamie's opening another gift from Bert. This is so yes. sweet. He loves buying our presents. Yes. And it is a hideous feather shag kind of jacket. Yes. It's very, very unattractive and unappealing. Yeah. But also kind of cool. <laughs> I think. It's not Jamie. It's not Jamie at all. No. It's not no, even Lisa. Not, no. Nobody in that apartment is. Yeah. No one in this universe. It's only yeah. like like a girlfriend of Selby or Ira. Right. Yes. Maybe. Maybe Selby's new girlfriend would wear this jacket. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to ask next time he's on the show. Yeah, we'll see what she's up to. That stung a little when uh, Paul got that first phone call and it was Ira. Yes. It was like, wow, Selby, you have fully been replaced. Oh, poor Selby. You're not even watching your friend on TV. (laughs) Yeah, you don't even have to not be there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, friend foul. Lisa says the jacket's stunning very dryly. It's stunning. <laughs> I feel bad. I didn't get anything for Lisa. Oh, that's, that's all right. We well, you know. Oh, no, I didn't know that you were going to come. Otherwise, I would have bought something for you. Oh, no, it's okay. Hey, 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 oh, here, go out and buy yourself something. Oh, Dad, what are you doing? What am I doing? You don't, you don't have to give her money. What's wrong with my money? No, she has money of her own. No, I don't. Well, then I'll give you money, okay? Well, no, I just gave her money. She, you, she does, you don't have to give her but money. But I like to give her money. Guys, I'm begging. Thank you. <sighs> Do you want some pate? No, 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 no I, I'm fine. What's matter you don't like it no it's delicious if you don't like it i'll get something else he likes it the market's just around the corner i pass it every day <laughs> oh my god i'm becoming one of you she can deliver a line jamie is one of them oh gosh 
all of the little things that happen in that this banter are, sequence is so great. It's really funny. And I'm realizing Just, I'm going to point out <laughs> in the clip. I'm going to save you. I'm realizing now I took bigger clips, I think, than I normally do, and I'm not segueing yeah. them properly. So. Awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. Now, here's what's confusing. So, after, you know, after that little, not Abbott and Costello, but the little routine <laughs> with the feeling bad about the gifts. Yeah. They walk over to the kitchen table and setting the table. You know, they're going to have a, an evening dinner, a family dinner. It's sweet. Right. And Bert points out that that morning, Regis had more to say. Mm-hmm. So it can't be that Friday night. So it must be no. the following Monday. Yeah. So this so. fat camp is like eternal. Like it's it's at least at least a two week thing, which is a long time. I'd be a little worried about Bert, too, if I was married to him. That's a long time <laughs> to be gone. Aw. well, when you've been married for like 30 years or something. Sure. Anyway, he's a grown up. They're OK. <laughs> yeah, sure. I guess so. He's on Regis and Kathy Lee. Well, yeah, no, I know that. What a great way to occupy his time, actually, while she's gone. Yeah, what could go wrong? (laughs) So Regis discussed it again that morning, and Bert very proudly points out that Regis has taken to calling him the The man man who who said said hello, hello. which is not a name of a thing. No, (laughs) like you know what I mean. That is highly believable because you're right that's not a thing but if regis philbin were to say anything to you it sounds like saw a thing. you yeah it's and it's it's what you would tell people he called you yeah if he were to see you and he were to say uh hey that's a nice shirt you got there nice red shirt you could yeah. you regis might calls be me like, nice red shirt yeah yeah right exactly <laughs> exactly that's the power of regis absolutely <laughs> and he knows it yeah so the doorbell a mighty club so the doorbell goes off and it's ira door goes off and ira's <laughs> and he's looking pretty sharp he's got like a sport coat on t-shirt under it yeah he looks he looks good uh, i'm trying to remember he normally looks good right i don't know or I is he like... normally is he normally is he normally a, a flashy guy i'm trying to remember because yeah he sees jamie wearing her hideous feather thing and i think he says like Ooh, snazzy or something like he likes. I think he likes what she's wearing, but I can't tell if he's being sarcastic or not. And I wish I could remember what he normally dresses like. I have no idea. Yeah. Because I have memories of him in a trench coat mostly. Yeah. But I don't know if that's a thing. I know he likes girls, I think, who wear things like that, though. Sure. His taste is definitely loud. Yes, that's true. That's a good point. You know, that's a very good point. And so he sees Lisa, says hello, and gets something of an icy reception. And then, so something happened, we're led to believe, between Ira and Lisa, yeah? No, because it seemed like Paul, Jamie, and Bert all knew. I assumed it was that she didn't get invited to see Moby. Okay. See, I interpreted that as her being kind of cold to Ira because something had happened there. I guess you're right, because my thing, it should be cold to all of them. Yeah, she would, and also because I think at least one of them, is it Bert who says what happened or what's wrong, and then I think Paul and Jamie say nothing. That's super weird. There might be something there. That's a big, uh, sure. loose end. Yeah. Oh, baby! Yeah. <laughs> a loose end. Okay. Hot, Lisa. Hot gossip. Yeah, that is some good matter about you, hot gossip. Yeah, this would be good for TMZ. You sipping on a big uh, Coke with a straw and saying, so give me the stuff from the Buckman house. What's going on there? And I come in and I say, so listen to this. Ira and Lisa had a thing, it seems. Hmm? It's perfect. (laughs) 
So Ira has a paper under his arm. Mm-hmm. The Morning Post, which yeah. I'm assuming is the morning edition of the New York Post. That's what I think. Which I assume is tomorrow morning's ed- edition. <laughs> right? Which I guess yes. is this is a very late dinner. Or that comes out earlier than I thought. Yes, I think you're right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Unless it's like early edition, that show with Kyle Chandler <laughs> about the newspaper that predicts the future. Right. So apparently, Bert has been profiled by the paper. And Paul uh, picks the paper up and reads the article. Meet Bert Buckman, the man who said hello. <laughs> they called me the day after I talked with the Regis. They said I was human interest. Two columns with pictures. Who's the baby? <laughs> oh, uh, it's a little Paulie. He used to love getting baths in the sink. Wow. <laughs> Look, honey, my schmecky's in the post. <laughs> the schmecky's in the post. Oh, I love it. I what, mean, a, what a what a silly thing to say. The back of the paper. Did you look at the back of the paper? I did. Hasa's asses. Mm-hmm. Is that something you get? Because it's sports related? Uh, no. No, I think it's supposed to be a pun on horses. Horses. Asses. Oh, very. Yeah, absolutely. I guess it's just trash um, in the Mets or, or the Yankees. It, uh, yeah. In theory. Yeah. Yeah. What, no, what it's a very good Haas? post. Huh? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What is somebody who's named Haas? I'm not sure who the Haas would be. Um, right, I didn't know if there was like a real player named whose last name. No, was nothing's uh, jumping to my mind. Every rock I'm looking under has nothing. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so we go to the next scene on the Schmecky button, which is a great button. Yep, and we are at Regis and Kathy Lee. Yeah, except there's no Kathy Lee again. No, she must have been out for joy! two weeks. It's Joy. Oh, how excited were the people in the studio audience for the fake? Kathy Lee for the fake Regis and Kathy Lee. Oh, that's true. You're, well, I don't I don't know if they, I think they shot that remote probably. <laughs> I think you're probably right. Yeah, it's too bad. <laughs> How disappointed was the live studio audience? <laughs> Especially when they heard, "Wait, last week was Jerry Lewis?" Right. <laughs> and then they're like, "Oh, this week's Regis, that's not bad." Oh, and Joy. Oh, great. Oh, they're not here? Yeah. Years ago I went to see Letterman just on a whim one day we were in the city and me and my brother and my buddy john were in the city and they in the middle of Times square somebody was just like hey you want to uh go see letterman tonight and they asked us where paul schaefer was from and i was like canada he was like here you go three tickets wow and uh yeah he it was i mean that's how they get people in to go and see the show so we went and jude law was the guest uh which was kind of neat but <laughs> like in the warm up, they were like, "Yeah, last night was Robin Williams." And oh, we were all just like, oh, 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 that's brutal. Rough stuff. Rough stuff. I'm upset. <laughs> so I can really sympathize with these people who missed out on Jerry Lewis. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so, oh yeah, so we're, we're they're alive? talking about. Yeah, they're talking. Regis and Joy are talking about the man who said hello. Well, they're going through the post. Yeah. Which, at least in my mind, I think we talked about this, though, is the inspiration for our new segment. It absolutely is. Right? The way Regis used to go through the post every morning. <laughs> so, Russ, if you will, Dateline. Go ahead. No future for gypsy cabs. <laughs> Dateline. <laughs> go ahead. It's back. Is the headline and just a picture of the Empire State Building. <laughs> and then Dateline. <laughs> Go ahead. Day three of Buckman Crisis. 
<laughs> Those are the three headlines on the fake New York Post. <laughs> a good one. And they're very realistic. Except I don't know what its back means. It's intriguing. Yeah, was the Empire State Building on a world tour that year? <laughs> <laughs> like the crown jewels? I think so. Also, day three of Buckman Christ. Ugh, I can't even with the timelines. Time don't. Yeah. Don't do that to yourself. <laughs> so uh, Regis and Joy do uh, sort of an audience poll. Yeah, they're talking about the Buckman story. And they mm-hmm. do an audience poll to see who's on Bert's side and who's on Paul's side. Yep. All right, let's check out today's post. Here are the headlines. Now, who'd have thought this would go this far? Day three of the Buckman crisis. You know, I don't care what Bert did. There is no reason for a son not to speak to his father. I mean, what did the man do? All he did was get his son's picture in the paper. Mm -hmm. Is that a crime? Exactly. Let's check it out with the audience. Audience, how do you feel about this? Who here agrees with Bert the father? All right, good. And how many here can see his son's point of view? Ouch. Ugh, that cough. The hila- like that happens so often in comedies and it works every time where just like rather than silence, you know, silence is bad enough, but then you have the one <laughs> <laughs> and it's just ooh. Wait, is that the- I missed that completely. Yeah, and they're like, uh, who can see Paul's point of view? <laughs> That's very funny. Yeah. <laughs> that gets me every time. Great Foley work. Every time I hear it. The Foley guy's killing it. <laughs> Although I think Foley is just for sound effects. Unless they were like we need the sound of a man coughing. What sounds like the sound of a man coughing? And he was like, don't worry. I'm going to turn a light bulb on yeah. under <laughs> two gallons of water. It sounds just like a cough. Yeah. If you, you came close to the right a trapper guy. keeper with a bunch of papers in it, and it's too <laughs> to close. It sounds remarkably like a human cough. <laughs> so it's a very short scene. It's a very weird short scene, actually. Yep. I guess I'm sure Regis was like, we're only giving you half an hour. <laughs> I got places to be. Paul wants to get an unlisted number. Oh, yeah. So we go into scene five. We're back in the living room. It's a work night because Jamie's in a work suit. And she is re-recording their answering machine message. Hi, you've reached the Buckmans. If you're calling for Jamie, please leave a message at the tone. If you're calling to leave a death threat for my husband, get a life. Why don't we just get an unlisted number? Forget it. I already talked to the phone company. And? They agree with Bert. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, so, right, Paul, during that, Paul, <laughs> oh, boy, during that, Paul comes in. Yes, he wants a private number, as you said. Yes, and, and Jamie the, says that won't work because the phone company agrees with Bert. Yeah, the whole city now is conspiring against Paul. Yes. Which, to me, is like when Larry David tripped Shaq on Curb and when George yes. injured yes. Bette Midler. <laughs> Basically, he's gone New York viral, and it's affecting the way everyone treats him. Absolutely. So she and starts... Jamie, yeah, Jamie runs her fingers through his hair. Yeah. Asks if it's raining. And Paul says, no, people have been spitting at me. Which is so gross. It's really gross. To imagine and also... wet hair being so wet she thinks it's raining and it's yes. all different people's spit. Yes. By the way, if people had been spitting at Paul Buckman, it would be the first words <laughs> out of his mouth. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. He would have come in with one of those big full entrances. Yeah, he's not coming in and just being like, oh, hey, honey. Oh, can we change my address? Can we change the phone number? No. Oh. I mean, hey, aren't you going to ask? Aren't you going to ask me about my sopping wet head? It's because oh. he's not in a situation where that's his. He's being overcome by, you know, overwhelmed by all of this attack on him. 
Normally, he's fed up, but he still has a position of power somehow. That's true. You know, like it's an incident. This is an ongoing saga. Right. It's beating him down and it's winning. Like he get, he can get angry once he, you know, once he's past it. Yeah. And you know what? He can make a big deal out of nothing if it's nothing. But this is becoming something. Mm-hmm. I'll say. This is becoming actual persecution. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Much like not talking about actual bad news is the way to go because talking about bad news is not super funny. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Wow. Paul Buckman. He's just like us. Life imitates art, huh? <laughs> so oh paul's vest i couldn't oh decide God. if i thought it was hideous or very cool it's not great there's it's too a, many things going on he's I, wearing I think a vest with a long sleeve suit. shirt he's wearing a vest with a long sleeve shirt that is buttoned all the way up which i think could be called the paul buckman i but, um, uh, um yeah i guess he does he wear vests i guess he does wear vests constantly sure, he's sure. Wearing, in, in the menu he's wearing a vest with a t-shirt in the menu the white yeah, the main menu on the DVD. Oh, I was, I was like, with yeah. a Mad About You restaurant? What are you talking yeah. about? You flip to the back. They've got desserts. They've got <laughs> Triple Decker Sundays and Paul Reiser wearing a T-shirt and a vest. <laughs> I guess you're... No, you're right. I can see that vest in my head now. Yeah. But it's not this atrocity. No, it is not. I mean, you guys, will, if you have it, you've seen it. And if you don't, we'll try to post a pic because it is a crazy vest. <laughs> it literally looks like he took a suit jacket put it inside out, and cut the sleeves off. Yeah, that's exactly it. You nailed it. <laughs> I nailed it, yeah. <laughs> I've got nothing else to say about it. Uh, so Jamie wants Paul to apologize to Bert to just end this, and Bert calls. Yeah. Wait, does Bert call, and then she wants to apologize? No, Paul, no, he says she wants Paul to apologize to Bert, and then Bert calls. Yeah, it's crazy timing, right? Yep, so, and uh, on the call, Paul doesn't want to talk to Bert. Right. So Jamie's covering for him. Um, I think he took Murray for a walk. <laughs> and I'm just sitting here watching Lassie. Just... Yeah. What? Uh, okay, hold on. What channel? Tomorrow on Live, Regis and Joy chat with composer Marvin Hamlish, Claudia Cohen with the latest dirt from Hollywood. And actor Daniel Day-Lewis shares his recipe for Irish stew. Plus, Kurt Buckman, the man who said hello. Wow, you're going to be on Regis? That's so cool. Yeah. That's fun. That's funny. I'm on board for that. Also, another Marvin Hamlish reference. Yeah, he's all over the that place. Someone loves Marvin Hamlish. <laughs> someone at least loves the words Marvin Hamlish. Yes, a lot. Uh, yeah, that is true. A Very lot of the humor name. in this show is onomatopoeic. Yes. Yes, that is true. Claudia Cohen, I looked up. She's real as ever. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, the first thing that came up immediately when I Googled her was her obituary. Oh, that's sad. For, well, I, yeah, it is very sad because she uh, she passed away at 56. Oh, no. Back in 2007. Apparently, she, well, boy, the name of her gossip column for the Daily News, it was I, Claudia. Good name. Very good name. Uh, she wrote for Page Six in the late late seventies. Crazy time to write for Page Six, huh? Yeah, you got Club 50, Studio Fifty Four, Studio Fifty Four, yeah. The other stuff, <laughs> <laughs> General Seventies Business. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, the obituary cites uh, how she was a regular correspondent on Live with Regis and Oh Regis and Kelly. Oh, and Kathy Lee. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, great. Okay, yeah. And she married a billionaire, Jerry Lewis, a guy named Ron Perlman. 
who is not that Ron Perlman. Not that Ron Perlman? Just another Ron Perlman. Interesting. Yeah. What if that Ron Perlman was a billionaire? Yeah, he wouldn't be a billionaire, right? No, I don't think so. This Ron Perlman, though, has a lot of stories about him. <laughs> Donates $75 million for Arts Complex at World Trade Center site. Good guy. That's a heck of a donation. Mm-hmm. And then... <laughs> I guess it could be a coincidence, but the Daniel Day Lewis joke made me remember that St. Patty's Day is right around the corner in the timeline of the show. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so Bert is going to be on Regis. How about that? And when Paul, and when, when he, yeah. yeah, when Paul hears, he tries to jump out the window, which is a great sitcom. It happens. It happens instantly. Yes, where it, he hears it on the TV and then turns and goes to the window and it's well executed. Yeah. It happens as a gesture that is, if it was real life too committed to. Right. <laughs> because he gets pretty far out there. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <It's> a... <laughs> That's a great point. If this were real, like I would love for the scene to then be like her just be like, Bert, I gotta go. And then I <laughs> What are you doing? You're going to kill yourself because your father's on television? Right. It takes a big turn. Yeah. It takes a wedding episode turn. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I need a partner. I need more years from you than this. Yeah. I mean, you never know on this show. <laughs> what was the show that they kept w- bumping into at the uh, bread, bed and breakfast? Um, it wasn't Mannix, was it? No, it was not. It was a guy's name. Yeah. Barney Jones. Yeah, that's it. I thought this for a second. I was like, oh, this is such a funny callback, but it's not. Nope. Barnaby Jones versus Mannix. That would have been a great, uh, great callback. Instead, it's the great Barnaby Jones Mannix conundrum. Sure. Um, <laughs> Wouldn't that have been a great joke? It would have been a great joke. Well, if, if they did it every time. And you know what? To be fair, I'm pretty sure knowing the rhythms of this show, there will be more instances of television shows being interrupted on Mad About You. Oh, 100%. And if every time it was just like, we now bring you back to Barnaby Jones. That'd be fun. <laughs> I think it would be. Well, I got to be yeah. honest. If it happened every time, it would make me crazy. <laughs> That sounds like the sort of thing that would happen on like a Fox show. Yes, exactly. It's a little it's a little <laughs> meta. It sounds like yeah. an arrested development bit. Yes. No, I want I'm the Goldilocks of Barnaby Jones references. <laughs> <laughs> this is too few, yours is too many. I want yeah. it to be just right. Just right. People, you know, Reach just said that about me. <laughs> you already know calls me <laughs> the Barnaby <What's> Jones. <laughs> oh. I like yeah, I really the like Barnaby... the way that it Oh no, wait. The Goldilocks of Barnaby Jones references. That's it. <laughs> I like the way this started off by you saying like, oh, wouldn't it have been great if they had said it again? And then I was like, what if they said it every time? You're like, no. Yeah, right. It's too much. <laughs> too much. So Bert wants. But I mean, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Bert wants Paul and Jamie to come to Regis tomorrow when he's on. What are you doing? Oh, tell me you're not going. I'm not going to go. What are you trying to prove? Hey, it wasn't your schmecky in the post. <laughs> well, it's partly mine. <laughs> the uh, schmecky joke, the partly mine feels like a real, like a real good marriage joke. Yeah. Yes, that's a good one. That caught people off guard. Yeah, I feel like everyone that was laughing real hard were all married. <laughs> yes, that joke's got some bite to it. Yeah, because I thought it was funny, and they thought it was the funniest really, really thing funny. that's ever been said. Yeah. <laughs> and I can well, see. Yeah, making up. I mean, also making an ownership of a penis joke in 1993. 
on television is probably a little on the rare side. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. So Jamie won't drop this. She really wants she wants Paul. To, well, she wants him to grow up mm-hmm. and uh, get over it. So he comes back with, uh, "Should we get your mother on the phone?" <laughs> and that <laughs> and she turns really, on yeah. a dime. Oh, it's great. Yes, she's very funny here. Suddenly, she starts playing it as dramatically as she could have played the jumping out of a window scene. Yes, right. She's, no, what are, you, what are you talking about? We are not calling my mother. Yeah. She's she's a right. Except it's funny. Yeah, it's very funny. They head into the kitchen, and they do a little bit with the word "rend." I'm rending. That rem- yeah. Yes. What are you so upset about? Because I hate to see you rend the fabric of your relationship with your father. I'm rending? Yes. And I want to meet Regis. Well, then go. You go. I can't go without you. Well, then you're not going. Oh, you're being impossible. Yes, because that's how I was raised. And you turned out fine. I love you, don't I? Sure, but look how screwed up you are. So that's how it works. You don't think we're going to mess up our kids? I hope not. Oh, come on. I, listen, I think I'm going to be a model for He wants well, you there. Well, I, you know what? I'll watch it on TV. Oh, this is why people spit on you. Doesn't that remind? Isn't there some Seinfeld bit like that? This is me. I mean, that's every Seinfeld bit. Is it wilding? No. It's. It, I feel like it's everything. Just I'm rending. I, yeah, you. Yeah, rend. you're right. Re- yeah, I guess you're right. You're a render. No, you're right. You're right. Okay. I had to break up with her, George. She was a render. You're right. She rends. Big rend. Okay, you're right. Big rend. At this point in watching, Jen said to me, "Paul is being egregious in this episode," and I said, "I love you." <laughs> Uh, and she said you did this to me (laughs) Uh, (laughs) so that is pretty great that's sweet how many times did you guys watch this together once uh twice really yep wow even this one yeah i'd like to watch once just to watch it and then the second time i just write notes yeah same yeah (laughs) are there any other questions about our process (laughs) <laughs> you in the back so uh um, we, go, we go to the next scene scene six <laughs> we're backstage and, yeah and do you know who we see well ira wait no there's some easter eggs well it's not an easter egg easter egg but who's playing the show hand is it his assistant no the black gentleman wait the guy who talks yeah who gets everybody ready that is phil lamar yeah yeah, you know who Phil Lamar is? Absolutely not. No, I, I mean I, no? I do because I wrote down all his stuff, but no. Oh yeah, Phil Lamar is great. Phil Lamar is a voice actor. Yeah, I he know. Plays. Yeah, he's he's from <laughs> Futurama. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, then what else is he from? No, keep going. <laughs> he's from Pulp Fiction. I know. Wait, is he's he? Marvin? Yeah, I only saw that once. Yeah, you only no. saw Pulp Fiction once. Yeah, John, you gotta rewatch Pulp Fiction a million times. Yeah, yeah, right. The time for that has passed. It may have, but oh, that's a good one. Um, a yeah, he gets his head shot off. Oh, say it again. Yeah, yeah, he gets his head shot off in a uh, uh, in the car. Oh, I just shot. I just shot Marvin in the face. Wait, by John Travolta. Yeah. Oh, uh, we used that clip in uh, the scavenger hunt. <laughs> Did you? I used it. All right. I. Oh wow. Well, I played. Oh no. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> well, first off, though. It doesn't matter, actually. I thought you were going to talk about how when when the scene, the very beginning, which I missed the first time, it starts with Ira selling T-shirts to two stagehands. Oh, that's true. 
And then it comes over to Phil Lamar, who right. is not just a stagehand. I would call him the producer. That is fair. Probably. Probably. You demoted him. Yeah, I apologize. He's worked very hard to get where he is. <laughs> but let's see. Well, I mean, yes, like you said, when I went through his IMDb, it was crazy. Because yeah. I was scrolling forever. Forever. Because he has voiced characters on every cartoon I've ever heard of. Uh-huh. For the last almost 20 years. Yeah. It looked like great. his first I, one was the I Wild Thornberries. Mm-hmm. And then it's I just s- insane nonstop voiceover. I saw him on Broadway. He was in the Pee Wee Herman show. Yeah, you're, when Pee-wee you're came taking back on all Broadway. my little tidbits. Yes, he was. Yeah. You saw him. I did. So you're like yeah, a fan. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry I took your tidbit of saying he was in the Pee Wee Herman show on Broadway by saying I saw him on the Pee Wee Herman show on Broadway. Yeah, but I was I really stole your thunder there. <laughs> so you just you knew him on site? Yeah, I knew him on site. I don't know his name. I am a fan. He's great. Were you aware of the Get Smart reboot that he did seven episodes of? No, I was not. That seemed to be a vehicle for Andy Dick. No, it was not. <laughs> Boy, do I want to see that. Don Adams uh-huh. played Andy Dick's dad. Oh, man. And Andy Dick was Zach Smart. When was this? 90, uh, forget. <laughs> I think it was 95. or I think it was 95. Awesome. Oh, I'll find that. Isn't that great? I want to watch it. Too. That I'll watch. Yeah. Yeah, for that sure. That crap I'll watch. Also, did you know George <laughs> Carlin had a TV show? Yeah. George he, Carlin show, right? Yeah. And this guy was yeah. on that, too. Yeah. As a regular. Right. Mm-hmm. I had I can't even imagine George Carlin doing television. Yeah, it didn't take. It didn't take. Um, it did twenty seven episodes. Yeah, that's Oh, you're right. That's one season. I'm programmed yeah. for twenty seventeen <laughs> where that's like two to three. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I was, I mean, that's practically Mad Men. <laughs> yeah. Breaking Bad got twice that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, this guy's very cool. This is uh one of his early parts, I guess. He was uh billed as a co star. Yeah. He was in the show. So Jamie comes backstage and says hi and asks Bert if he's nervous. So are you nervous? About what? I gave three eulogies last year alone. I know how to work a crowd. <laughs> Good old eulogy joke. Very fun. So Bert asks where Paul is. And Jamie makes up this story about their bathtub cracking and water seeping into the downstairs neighbor's apartment. And Bert obviously doesn't buy it because he's not an idiot. Yeah, he knows. And Jamie apologizes for the bad lie and says it's been a long week. So does that mean um, it's Friday already again? And if uh, so, does maybe? Sylvia come back tomorrow or what? <laughs> <laughs> How long is this fat camp? When did you watch this episode? Right before <laughs> I got on the You watched this today? Yeah. Okay. I watched it a couple of days ago, and if you had done the same, I worry that you may not have slept. <laughs> right, right, right. When, when, when she camp? Well, when do we take place? What's... <laughs> There's a timeline. It's true, though. It is, it's a two-week camp, I guess, but that's a long time to be away. Yeah. So Ira comes over holding a T-shirt, complimentary T-shirt mm-hmm. for Jamie. Mm-hmm. There's a target on the back of Paul. Yeah, he's calling it the Bert shirt. And on the front is Bert waving, and it says hello. And yeah, yes. on the back, it's Paul's head with a tar- <laughs> in the center of a target. <laughs> the art is very modern looking to me. Yeah. Like the hello good. looks like a street art stencil. <laughs> and it's a very it's cool. a Banksy. Yes, it does look like a Banksy. <laughs> yes. Do you th- oh my goodness. Do you think that is John Pankow Banksy or his cousin Ira Banksy? <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Yeah. We will see. Well- <laughs> we will. 
we'll dive deep. Or, look, all I'm saying is there used to be a character who was on the show all the time. Then he disappeared. Selby's Banksy? Now, all of a sudden, we have some Banksy shirts. That's interesting. I'm just saying. That's very interesting. Selby might be Banksy. Okay. This feels... <laughs> Stay tuned. Th- this can only have... Well, I, I, maybe this happens in other communities, but there's something about, like, the media of New York and the pace that it runs at. It's like, th- this is, like, viral. Yes. Like, he's basically Pizza Rat. He's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah if regis had been on during pizza rat he would have had pizza rat on the show a hundred percent yeah we got our next guest you're never gonna believe this folks he's a real rat he's a real rat and i mean a real rat <laughs> take a look <laughs> who's hungry <laughs> so paul comes in yes bert is so proud of paul yeah he is bert it's knew paul pretty... would come he wasn't even yes. worried about it because he's no. a good boy he's a good boy isn't there another time where he's like, he justifies something because I'm your father? Yeah, I think that probably happened. I don't recall it happening in this episode, but I think that's probably something that I, he would it's say. It's so strong in my head. Well, yeah. we'll see as well. We'll get there. <laughs> so Bert introduces Paul and Jamie to Marshall, the producer, Mr. Lamar, who offers to put them on the show. By the way, it's very easy to get backstage at Regis and Kathy Lee. You just walk back there. <laughs> Anybody can walk back. It's almost as easy to get actually on the show. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> that is true. Just tell the guy your father's backstage. We'll say, okay. Great. Checks out. And then just tell the producer, I'm here. <laughs> Sounds legit. So Paul says he's not going on. Well, Jamie gets excited to be on TV. And uh, mm-hmm. Paul says he's not going on. Excuse me, Pop. Honey, we're going to be on TV. Isn't this cool? This is well, so I'm... cool. We're going to be on TV. No, we're not. What, 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 what are you talking? What are, what are you just telling me? Yes, what? You know I want to do that? You know exactly how I feel? Honey, this what? isn't the place. What would be the place? The middle of the Royale Theater? The, the, the front page of the Post? Are you harping on that again? Yeah, you know why? Because you embarrassed me, Dad. Well, you never embarrassed me. I ne- when? When did I ever embarrass you? How about when you were in Little League? Okay, how about that? You know what it's like to be a father, and your son is standing on first base, and the ball gets past the catcher, and everyone is saying, go to second, go to second. And you're standing there going, I'm uncomfortable with second base. I think I'll stay here. I'm quite content on first. Well, that's that's still no reason for you and Mom to walk me to second base like that. It was embarrassing, you know? You made a spectacle of yourself, you made a spectacle of me, and frankly, it was bad for baseball. You know, you, you're like this big, powerful locomotive, man, and you just, you roll over me, you just keep rolling over me, and I don't like it. No matter what you think I think, I'm telling you, I don't like it. Ah, come on. <laughs> but you know what I appreciated? What's he that? was very blunt, you know? Yes. There was no miscommunication. He was just like, you embarrassed me? Yes. Well, you know, he didn't hide anything. It was, you know, it was a good argument. It was, I mean, it, it's him finally sharing his feelings, which is nice and good. Yeah. What did you think of the I'm uncomfortable first base anecdote? I think it was well delivered, well written. Right. I like the idea. I could see a young Paul Reiser saying, I'm uncomfortable with first base. Yeah, yeah. That, or, I with, guess with that's their go-to. Yeah. yeah. That's their go-to Paul Buckman reference. I'm uncomfortable yes. with. Bisk. I'm uneasy that's with true. Bisk. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Too late now. That should have been a catchphrase. Yeah. I'm uncomfortable hosting this. I'm un- <laughs> Yeah, I'm Rose Fader and I'm John Marbley and uh, I'm, I'm uncomfortable, uncomfortable with this with show. This. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, maybe season two. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Paul gives this whole, you know, he gives that whole speech. 
Yeah, Paul says, you embarrassed me, Dad. And Bert takes a page out of Jamie's handbook and says, you never embarrassed me. And then talks about that whole baseball thing, which we talked about. But yeah, he's spinning things again. Nobody can take any criticism. And it's why people don't share things in this house. I guess so. (laughs) Yeah, Paul says, you're a locomotive. You roll over me. And no matter what you think I think, I don't like it. That's a lot of stuff to lay on a guy behind... Regis and Kathy Lee. Yeah, he's an angry little boy. He's like a little Holden Caulfield. Yeah. <laughs> You're a phony, Dad. <laughs> oh, so uh, Bert gets introduced by Regis. He's got to go out. Yep. And uh, Jamie's about to take Paul out onto the set. Mm-hmm. And the producer comes to get them. And it's getting a little chaotic back there. Ira comes over and he's like, Paul, you got to go on there. Wear the shirt. Wear the shirt so I can sell more of them. <laughs> and Jamie's like, you're going to really let your fa- leave your father out there hanging? Yeah. And Paul says, yeah. And he lets him go. So Jamie grabs Ira. Yes. And goes out there. Right. And he's introduced as Paul. And uh, Regis wants to know how they met. Yeah. The crowd boos. Yeah, Bert tells me you're pretty much newlyweds. Oh, very new. Yeah. So how did you meet? Well, I she was picked me up at... in a bar. Oh, is that so? Yeah. Well, I was working. Next in morning this... we exchanged names. That was it. <laughs> Sometimes you just know Regis, you know. Oh yeah, due to the mix. So yeah, due to the mix-up, Bert ends up disavow. You know, Bert in trying to say that that's not my son. In telling the truth, both Bert and Jamie disavow Paul on accident, and the right. crowd cheers vehemently. For Loves them. it. Loves it. Yeah, suddenly it turns into uh, Jerry Springer. Yes. Oh, yes. This is a Regis episode that is becoming unhinged. Yes. Yeah, and Ira Ira makes up the backstory of how Paul and Jamie met. Oh, and it's great. It's so gross. She picked me up in a bar. We, Next morning, yeah. we exchanged names, and that was it. And sometimes <laughs> you just know. And then he puts his hand on Jamie's leg. I'm like, Ira. We barely know you, buddy. You yeah. got to chill out. That's true. <laughs> they know him. They know him, yeah. So Regis gets involved. Yep. <laughs> he only calms the audience down. But then he has a little frank conversation with Ira, who he thinks is Paul. You know, we can settle this whole thing if Paul would just apologize. Grow up, pal. Excuse me, Regis. I think you're a little out of line. I'm allowed to be out of line. This is my show. Well, tough. It's not all Paul's fault. Thank you, sweet meat. Right. I love watching Regis get a little mad. You do, huh? You love watching Regis get a little mad? I do, and protective over his show. Sure, that's fun. Because <laughs> he's such a cheerful guy. It's you fun know who's Regis really killing it? Huh? I, I was going to say, you know who's really killing it during these scenes? Joy. Is Joy. That's right, Joy Philbin. Oh, uh, giving everybody their money's worth. <laughs> Glad I tuned in. Kind of sitting there and not doing much. <laughs> Oh, thank you, sweet mate, Ira. Ira, don't be don't be the grossest. <laughs> That's who he is. I yeah. loved Ira when I was a kid. Me too. <laughs> uh, so Bert makes Ira. Oh yeah, when he calls her sweet meat, Jamie like beats the crap out of him, basically. Yes. So Bert makes Ira a surrogate for Paul. Yes. And uh, sort of apologizes and then asks everyone to stop spitting on him. <laughs> yes, that's very funny. He does the apology of like, if I upset you, I'm sorry. <laughs> or, Yes. The thing of like, I don't know what I did, but I'm sorry. Yes, he gives a non-apology apology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ira then sees Paul peeking out from backstage. Right. So he goes and grabs him and brings him out as cousin Ira. Which I can't believe you can just peek on set from backstage. Absolutely. No one. (laughs) Yeah, you can sort of do whatever you want on the show. (laughs) Now Paul is out there as Ira. As Ira, yes. And Regis starts interrogating him. Are you close to your Uncle Bert? 
Yes, uh, Uncle Bert is like a father to me. Tell us, Ira, have you ever been embarrassed by your dad? Yeah, uh, yes. You could say yes uh, to that. I, I'm sure I've embarrassed him myself. That's how families are, you know? You embarrass each other, and I'm sure someday I'll have a son and I'll probably embarrass him, too. You're gonna have a beautiful son. <laughs> Well, this is great. Obviously, you're very, very close to your nephew. Too bad you can't have the same kind of relationship with your son. I have a fine relationship with my son. He's just going to stop trying to run my life, that's all. I'm 70 years old. I'm not going to change. This is me. Take it or leave it. Bert's 70. This is him. Take it or leave it. Yeah. Paul is confused by the size of the set, by the way. Oh, I love that moment. Yeah. Jen pointed out uh, he's a director. Oh, that is a great point. Confused by the size of the set? Come on, dude. (laughs) That is a great point. Yeah. Yeah. Jen's a dramaturg. She knows her stuff. Yeah. Oh, man. (laughs) I like that bit so much. Not anymore. It's ruined. It is. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that that was a nice little speech, though. Yes. And and Paul saw the, the sense in it. Yes, people are starting to let their guards down and appreciate each other for what they have and who they are. Yeah, and Paul says he'll try. Yes, and And Paul and Jamie kiss. Yep, and then they start making out, basically. Yep. And, of course, everyone's taken aback because everyone else thinks Paul is Ira's cousin, so Jamie's cousin-in-law, I guess. Mm -hmm. Well, they're they're family, and they're kissing in front of... It's all focaccia, John. Yeah. And Ira, yeah, Ira says we're a very close family. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. <laughs> so then we get the tag, and it's a track from Moby. Something to add to the uh, Mad About You Broadway crossover cast album. Absolutely. Uh, the lyrics are Moby Moby, that big white fish, and his girl, Thar She Blows. I want to know about Moby's girl. Yeah, I didn't get it either. Very confused. I'm intrigued as hell. Oh, I'm I shocked totally want to read see the Moby whole now. book. No. <laughs> yeah, well, you can't. Here's the thing. You can't read Moby Dick without first, you know, familiarizing yourself with the way Melville writes. So I read Bartleby the Scrivener. <laughs> and it's very good. Have you ever read Moby Dick? No. Are you kidding? Uh, oh, I did. Or I, I had to in, in high school. Oh, what a mean teacher. Oh, did you go to high yeah. school in hell? <laughs> worse long island oh it is it was worse <laughs> but yeah like i read the cliff's notes and i mean it when i, I say bet those were 400 I, pages they were i mean it was a lot but i was just like i'm reading a cliff's notes and i was like this is really good i'm like <laughs> i enjoy <laughs> i'm like i'll bet this is a really good book <laughs> oh man that's cool yeah and at least you can talk about it i should read the cliff notes ah one day on a beach <laughs> One day, <laughs> yeah. One day I'll read the Cliff Notes for me, you know, not because some school says I have <laughs> yeah. to. Yeah, when I, I like to revisit Cliff Notes I read in high school. Now as an adult, <laughs> they make so much more sense. <laughs> you know, when you're young, you should read Cliff Notes of books just for you. <laughs> you know, the things that you would like to see abridged. <laughs> um, yeah, John, this episode of television is over. We made it. It happened. That was hard for me. Yeah. There it, um, there was uh, not a lot of action all around. Is that the issue? I think maybe. I think maybe. TV was slow. 
Yeah, TV news was, slow. was slow. News was not slow, but uh, yeah. outside our uh, yeah, <laughs> not in our, our not in our wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't feel equipped to discuss any of those stories. Right. In the episode, then, uh, I don't know. Episode was middling, middle of the road. I guess. I mean, it's a good one. I don't know. It's just you know, and I love Regis. I read his autobiography twice. Uh, yeah, I, you said that last week, and it didn't make any goddamn sense then, and it doesn't make any goddamn sense now. He has a book. I understand the words. I don't understand the sentiment behind them. I read it twice. Oh, Johnny. I mean, you know, you want to make sure you really understand, you know. First read three, there's a lot of questions left on the table. I guess that's true. Oh, my goodness. Well, Rise Guys and Rise Gals, that is it for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed I'm in shows on Tuesdays at the Magnet Theater with my musical megawatt team, Squash. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Russ Fader, F-E-D-E-R. I got nothing. You can follow me on Twitter at Johnny Marbles, no H. Well, our short is we just got into a film festival in Romania. So hey. I don't think we have any Romanian listeners at the moment. We do have some in Australia, I believe, according to our Libsyn statistics. Of course we do. We've got my buddy Darcy. Oh, right. Songwriter extraordinaire. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We've been proxies for uh, music inspiration. Yeah. yeah. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. Australia. Well, then I was wrong. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, find us on iTunes and subscribe and like. Oh, and yeah. And guys, we and are share. on Stitcher. Mm-hmm. Google. What's that? Google Play. Yep. Tune in. Lots of ways to listen to us. I think all the ways. All of them. I think all the ways. Yeah. Our theme music is written and performed by Mr. John D. Ivy. He's wonderful. Our logo is designed, created, and uh, illustrated by <laughs> Mr. Nathan Diffie, who is at Nathan Diffie, spelled D-I-F-F-E-E. You wore a lot of Twitter. hats. Lots of stuff going on for Nathan. Our sound was mixed and edited by uh, Vuk Ivanovic. Thank you. Thanks to everybody. Thanks to you for listening. John, we'll do this again soon? Yeah. Great. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Russ Fader. And I'm John Marbley. And, and this, this is, is what, what we're saying. We're, we're saying. <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Bye. <laughs>